Welcome to the Success in South Carolina podcast, where we will be hearing the untold stories of success from people in our community. These successful neighbors of ours will share their real-life philosophies and solutions for success to inspire us, educate us, and help us find peace, joy, and love, along with a purpose, a mission, and a vision for our lives. And I'm your host, Jonathan Peoples. Our guest today lives in Malden, South Carolina. Outside of Bill Gates, Elon Musk, and Steve Jobs, he has held some of the top positions in the technology realm. He has been a virtual CIO for dozens of companies and has led their growth through technology. In addition to his deep understanding of the tech industry and where technology is going, he's held many high-level sales roles, which speaks to his versatility. And... He is currently a solutions architect for ScanSource, one of the largest companies based out of South Carolina. I'm excited to chat with our guest and share his story with our audience. Welcome to the show, one of my great friends, Zach Hazen. Thank you, Jonathan, for having me. It's great. Uh, you know, I thought about this a lot. And one of the first things I always wanted to say is, you know, you call into the radio show. Long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> Good stuff, Zach. Hey, I wanted to start by acknowledging something I admire about you. You have come across many challenges throughout your career, probably more than most people out there. Yet something you have never done is blame other people or the government or your circumstances for where you're at in life. Instead, you always have taken a high level of personal ownership and responsibility to overcome your challenges that's a rare character trait in a world filled with people who love to play the victim role, right? Can you speak yeah. to how you developed the character and strength to look at your challenges and not become that victim, but have a pig-headed determination to overcome those challenges? Well, I think that has a lot to do with my father and how he raised me. Okay. Um, I was raised in a house that uh, second place is the first loser. Um, <laughs> like Ricky Bobby, you're yeah, first yeah, or last. Yeah. Long, yeah. long before that was out, um, second place was the first loser, and you got to drive to be successful, which is what we're talking about here. And that pig-headed determination is what gets you there. It, but it's also being humble, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to fail. Don't blame it on someone else. Own up to your mistakes. You will go so much further by owning up to where you messed up than you will trying to skate it up under the rug, hide it. And most of the times you're scared because you're going to your boss. I really screwed up. Like, this is not going to be good. I could lose my job. You're not 90% of the time, unless you really right. did something bad. Right. Right. But right. That honesty will get you so much further and they will respect you. Even if it is something that happens that causes a termination of your position, you're going to be so much better off by being honest about it and not have that weight on your shoulders. Right. Right. And sometimes the, the challenges aren't necessarily even your fault. They're just things that happen to you. Yet you still don't choose to blame the, the wind. For example, if you're out sailing the ship, you don't blame the wind for where you're going. You say, you know what? It's my sails. I need to, I need to set my sails in a different direction because the wind happens to everybody, right? The, well, the economy I, happens to everybody. Yeah. One of the things, just an example to show how I was raised a little bit. Uh, we had a garden when I was growing up, right? And I was small. And on the weekends, I didn't get I get, did get to sit around and play video games. I'm a techie nerd. It happens. But yeah. I had to get up and help my dad work around the house. Go get tools. We planted a garden. We used to plant corn in rows like the five-sided die. And you go a foot so you could heal it, heal it up when you went to plow it, right? 
And I spent hours doing that and you have to get it done because we didn't have a lot. How did we feed us? We had a garden every summer. We canned everything and that you, you carry that on into everything else you do in your life. Take the precursor work and guess what? Sometimes you're going to plant it in rows because you're trying to do it faster. And like you said, the wind comes and knocks it all over because it's a rainy day and everything's wet. And guess what you're doing? You're going out in your boots and you're going to go stand that corn back up because that's what you have to do, right? Right. Well, let me ask you this, because your your career has been a little bit not conventional, right? You did not, you're, you're, you're high up in the tech industry, yet you didn't go to college and get a tech degree, like a computer science degree, right, Zach? No, um, my degree is in English focusing creative writing with a minor in pre-law and um, a lot of business classes, um, because I wanted to be a corporate attorney. But I graduated in 2010 when the recession hit and I took a year off before I went to law school to go sell things to people. And um, the market was hard, right? Selling is hard. It is hands down the hardest job I've ever done in my entire life. Mm. I hate cold calling. There are people out there that are great at it, but you learn a lot about yourself in those situations. And literally you interviewed one of my uh, mentors, David Pence, who was the guy that gave me my first IT job. And we jokingly say this, and if you ever ask him about it, he'll tell you. But one of the reasons I got the job is I told him, look, I will mow the grass to get in here. I have a little bit of IT knowledge because I did work study IT in college. And I, you know, I'm a nerd. I play video games. I did all this. Like, I can figure this stuff out. Let's take the challenge. Mm -hmm. Like you said, let's go pigheaded determination and find a way Mm -hmm. to make it work. And he gave me a shot. And if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be in this podcast right now talking to you about success because he took a chance on me. Yeah. And, and a lot of us kind of stand on the uh, shoulders of those who came before us and gave us that chance, you know? So that's awesome that you can point back to that. And it's also speaks to the fact that you continue to give other people chances nowadays and pass that torch along. You know, I feel like hard times make great people. So you, the, a lot of the class, a lot of the class that graduated and tried to get jobs back there in 2008, 2009, 2010, Man, they're some of the the greatest people that I know out there. And I feel like we're we're coming upon and we've been through some hard times here recently. So I'm kind of excited to see what comes out of that, honestly. It'll be interesting. Uh, you know, you take this millennial generation, which I'm a part of, and you got a flip on each side of that coin. Some don't want to work as hard as others, but the ones that are really going to have, like we've hit on numerous times, the pig-headed determination are going to be the ones that are successful. And that's what's going to continue our economy to grow, right? No matter if yeah. it's your local economy, global economy, national economy. Something that you've developed because you've got that tech mind and that sales mind, you've done both roles, is this ability to take complex issues and break them down into simple solutions. How how did you develop that, Zach? Because that's not that's a, another rare quality, being able to tr- kind of, what do you call it, interpret or or whatever from geek to normal person and even executive, right? Because there's three different languages out there. How do you how do you do that? Well, so going to also give props to my dad on this one, right? You know, he raised me. He's the reason I am today, but uh, the reason I am the person I am today. And he's Uh, the reason you are today too. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's true too, right? Yeah. If uh, things didn't happen that we won't talk about here, I wouldn't be here. But um, it's really, so my dad was in healthcare, right? And healthcare is very complicated, right? And I probably know more than a non-healthcare working person about healthcare because I grew up in that field. And he did a really good job when I was growing up explaining things to me in a way that I could understand when I had questions about it. Mm. And we had family friends that were doctors because he was very high up in Spartanburg Regional. And a lot of them helped teach me that. And then the biggest thing is, I think I like teaching people, which kind of alludes to what you said. I like bringing people up. 
IT, when I first started, and it's still this way today, especially when you go to bigger organizations and not MSPs like where I came from, knowledge share isn't really a thing. They want to mm. compartmentalize and hold all that in because in silos, job security, right? right? Like if this this kid that makes half as much as I do can do the same thing I do and I'm teaching them everything, why are they going to keep me? Well, you can't you can't live like that forever or you're just going to be in the same position forever. You're not going to move up because you got to take care of the people behind you so that you can move up in your career. Right. Um, but that's what a lot of it is. And it's just talking to people. And sometimes when you explain things, they don't come through well. And just working through and picking up on facial cues and, you know, reading the the person. I don't want to say I manipulate people, but it's very much looking to, are they really paying attention to what I'm saying and how are they retaining it? Do they understand it? Do they not understand it? Developing your EQ, right? What do you, do you, do you uh, do any reading or listening to podcasts or how do you develop your EQ, Zach? I do auto audio books, like nobody's business. Okay. Uh, I listen at three times speed because I'm also a very fast talker. So one caveat here, if I start talking too fast, don't hesitate to tell me to slow down because I will start rattling things off. And next thing you know, duh, 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 duh. what did you say? Repeat that. Um, <laughs> but my brain can't process it at one time speed because I feel like they're talking like this. So I'll chew a book through in a week. Um, just listening to it on a drive. Any particular books you like? Well, uh, one, there's a couple that I go to about every year and reread. Um, How to Win Friends and Influence People, Dale Carnegie, is mm. hands down one of the best books. One that uh, another mentor of mine uh, recommended for me for sales was How to Dig Your Well Before It's Needed, I think is the title. I'm horrible before with titles. Before You're Thirsty. So there you go. That's it. I figured you would know. You're probably more read than I am. But also, I just like to expand my knowledge. Like um, I was talking to your brother the other day. And I've gotten on a big, uh, I was on a big religion kick for a while, just mm. listening to the different theories behind all these different religions. I mean, I am a Christian and if those listening aren't, that's completely fine. I like talking to people and understanding where they came from and why. And I think sure. that thirst for knowledge is really one of the things that helps with all your success and everything is just the drive to constantly be learning. You leave college, you go out into the real world. If you're not learning every day, you're 50 steps behind. And with IT, that's even more the case. Yeah, I know that like uh, it was either Socrates or Plato or Aristotle, one of those big wigs that said that the, the hunger and thirst for knowledge and truth is really the true purpose of life, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and that kind of brings us to what, what our big question here that I love to ask everybody is success. This is the podcast, Success in South Carolina. Zach, how, let's start with this. How do you define success? I define a success with, and I, I thought about this a lot because like uh, we said, when we first kicked this off before we started recording was um, we, we built a few different times. My schedule messed up. Yours did. You were moving all mm -hmm, kind of things mm -hmm. kind of hit us and we had to push it back and then go back and push it back and go back. And uh, my ideas changed like four or five times in this process. Right. Cause I was like, Oh, it's, it's, you already hit on one pig headed determination. That is one of the best ways to see success is you being able to get up every morning and make sure you get your job done. But really, I've come to the realization that I think it's really gauged in the relationships you have with people around you. Mm. And I mean that to say is it's, it's success for me is who my mentors are, who are the people that I want to spend time and grow with, because they're going to make you grow and be a better person. So it's who's surrounding you, 
who are you picking to be your core circle of people that are going to keep pushing you forward? And do they rely on you just as much as you do on them? Because mm. it is great to have a relationship with a mentor that is that you're getting stuff from, but what are you giving them back? Right. It's an ebb and flow on both sides. Um, so I think that's one of the things with success. And then it, it's really just get up, put your britches on and go to work. Just be able to have that pig headed determination that knowing that not every day is going to be great. You're going to have bad days. You're going to have great mm. days. And you just need to make sure that you're happy with what you're doing and you like what you're doing and you will be successful. If you right. love what you're doing, you never work a day in your life, right? So having this, having great relationships with other people, whether it be people that are mentoring you or people that you're bringing along is really how you define success. Is that right, Zach? Yeah. And, and it's really, I started noticing it when I started mentoring other people, right? Yeah. Because when you're at a point where you're starting to teach, and I don't mean this in any disrespect to anyone, because there are people that are my age that I call kids still. Um, and it's just that mentality and it's just growth yeah. in your career because there's people that are my age that I grew up with that aren't in the same spot in their career that I am. And it's not because mm -hmm. they're not hard workers. They just, they might've took a path and it is a great one that you can get into at any point in time in your life. If you have that itch, right. One of the other guys that I, that spent a lot of time with at Acumen, we called it the bug. Like you got that itch, right? You just yeah. want to know more. And when you have someone behind you that wants to learn more and they're coming to you for it, that's when you really know you're successful, right? Mm -hmm. Is that they're coming to you to ask the questions of, Hey Zach, what should I do here? Hey Jonathan, what should I do now? Or what would you recommend if you were in my shoes? Right? Yeah. So let's, let me ask you a very specific question and then we'll kind of jump to more general success. But when it comes to technology and IT, you spoke to this, you said people can get that bug. People can, uh, there, there are so many people out there right now looking for a career change. They're fed up with where they're at. Maybe they're not getting enough money. Maybe something's going on in their life. And I think the IT realm is for the past many, many years, well before the pandemic has had a negative unemployment rate. It's so it's a great- yeah, it's a great industry to jump into, yet you didn't get your degree in that. How would someone, if you're talking to someone who's just looking for a career change, whether they're in their 30s or 40s, or maybe it's somebody right out of college that didn't study IT, but they got that bug, what do you recommend? How do they get into that? I would say find an MSP, which is what a managed you? services provider. Okay, great. I was going to say, I know what that means, but some of our audience might not. Yeah. Um, and the biggest reason I would say that is because in a lot of the people I talk to, you know, you go work for a company. And like we talked about that um, compartmentalization of ideas and knowledge, you're very locked in. You go work for BMW, you're a networking guy, you do networking, you do this piece of networking, you do nothing else. And mm -hmm. MSP, you don't get that option. Even if you are the head networking guy, you're still going to get pulled into server sysadmin stuff because you have to, because you have to do a little bit of everything. And MSP engineers are forged. Mm. They're forged through fire because, I mean, when I started up, I mean, I was working. There were times when I was working from eight o'clock to eight o'clock at night, 12 hour shifts, because mm. we were slammed and there was stuff to do. And uh, there was a time when it was me and one other guy on my team and he was the one out running the field. And I'm taking all of our cases from 35 clients in the office by myself all day long. And he'd come back in after running and we'd work tickets the rest of that night until we got a ticket countdown. But when that happens, you're standing on the island by yourself, right? So 
yes, you are by yourself. You have people that will support and help, but they can't help you every second of every day. So you have to take chances and learn things. And it really gets you to that point, like you're talking about, and you're talking about earlier was you don't always have the answers, but you got to find them. Right. Mm. Um, it, one of the biggest things people think when you uh, tell them I'm in it, they go, Oh, you must know everything. No, I don't. I know more than enough to be dangerous. Like the, the, the saying is, I know just enough to be dangerous, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. um, you know, one of the sayings that I always like, everyone says a Jack of all trades, but a master of none. Well, no one finishes that actual phrase. The rest of it is better than a master of one, right? There are networking guys out there that can run circles around me. There's sys admins that can run circles around me, but I can bridge the gap between all of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's where an MSP kind of forges you because you have to go play in networking some. You have to go play in SQL some. You're not just a programmer. Now, an MSP, you're not really going to do programming, but you might mess around in SQL a little bit, learn a little bit about sure. this, learn a little bit about that. And it really helps you learn if you do have that bug or that itch, which focus in IT is really exciting you that you're going to want to go home and build a lab in. Like when I was coming up, we'd pull servers out. I'd had servers running in my houses, switches, all kinds of stuff that no one in their right mind would ever run. And the power bill when I was running all of this was ridiculous, but I wanted to play with it, right? I wanted to learn right. it because I wanted to get better. And that's really what it is. If you can find your way into an MSP environment, um, and MSPs tend to be better with that knowledge here because they have to be, right? You can't sit there and babysit this person forever. Um, you need to teach them. You can't just wait for, oh, I'm going to escalate this person, this ticket to this person. If you do that, you're not going to last long in that environment. It's trial by right. fire. You sink right. or you swim, right? So let's say that someone's looking at getting into an MSP, but they've had a, you know, they've been working at a, at a law firm or a, the retail industry for the past 10 to 20 years. What's the first step? Obviously, they've got to do they go out there and get some certifications or what? what's the first step you recommend, Zach? So I would say certifications, right? Um, you know, a, a lot of times it used to be CompTIA is great because they have a lot of vendor agnostic. Cert- what did you say? Call that again? CompTIA, C-O-M-P-T-I-A. Okay. Um, and one of the big ones when I was coming up was what's called A+. Mm. I don't know if I'd recommend someone getting A+, these days as much because it's very much I'm going to take this chip out. I'm going to put it back in. And I'm a cloud architect now. You don't take chips out of anything anymore. Microsoft does all that for you. You just build it. Um, But certifications are great because it gets you that experience to at least knowledgeably talk, you know, an inch deep and a mile wide, right? Right. And then as you come in, you'll be able to go a mile deep and a mile wide as you expand, right? You might only go two inches wide and a mile deep when you start and you just expand that over to grab that wealth of knowledge. Right. And that's what you're going to get from MSP is a wealth of knowledge. And not only that you're on call and there's going to be phone calls you get at two o'clock in the morning and you might not get your boss on the phone at two o'clock in the morning. So the biggest thing is Google foo. And that's what I was getting ready to get to. And then we segued um, is in it, you can't know everything, but you got to know enough that when you're Googling it, it's a great thing to try or it's a bad thing to try. And then the number one thing I will tell anyone in it getting into it take a backup before you do something because the great thing Mm -hmm. about backups these days you screw it up blow it all away and start over right you can go back to center um and that makes it a lot easier when you're going through these um and then also if you want to go the cloud path 
you can sign up for a free Azure account and get Azure credits while you're looking at certifications in the Azure world. And they'll give you a certain amount of dollars to spend for like the first 90 days to play with. And you get to just go play. And the great thing is you break it, delete it and start over, right? It's not going to yeah. hurt anything. It's not a production environment. So you mentioned Google Foo. Let's jump into that because I feel like that's something that no matter if someone's getting into the tech industry or not, everybody can learn a little bit more about Google. What are your What are your big tips on if you're trying to Google something? Do you got any? You, you're obviously an expert in it. So so teach teach us, Sensei. Teach us. So one of the biggest things you can do, and you can Google this, um, <laughs> is uh, look at the. Um, qualifiers you can do when you're searching, like using quotations and parentheses and semicolons to really signify that search down. Because if you search IT server or exchange server, you're going to get 2000 articles, right? Really learn. And it's, it's there. Google has it. Uh, Azure has it. They all, I'm not Azure. Uh, Bing has it. Microsoft, mm -hmm. really Bing and Bing. And one of my counterparts would get upset with me because I keep saying Google, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but everybody, they, yeah, exactly. Bing it, not Google it. But uh, learn those qualifiers because that makes your search so much more exact and direct. And even in the IT world, a lot of times you're going to get the error. Google that error. And if you just paste the error in there, yeah, you're going to get some stuff. You might get something that has the tag work Microsoft in it or something else. So clean that up by using parentheses and quotations and must haves and things like that. Those are the qualifiers to allow that search to be very directed and finite, it's, right? It's amazing how powerful Google and Bing and all these search engines are nowadays. In fact, it, there's so much information out there that, like you said, your first two or three pages are people that are basically paying to be on those first two or three pages. So you may not necessarily find the information you're looking for on those first two or three pages. But if you can use the qualifiers and narrow things down a good bit, that it makes your, makes your searches a little bit better. And something I've found too is don't give up after page one, right? If you go on the first Google link and and we used to joke about this when I was coming up. If you go in Google and you just go through the first link and you tell me you haven't figured this out and I figure out it's the third link, I'm going to send the, let me Google that link for you. <laughs> Which if you haven't seen that, it's literally, I Googled it and it types it in Google and hits search for you when you mm -hmm. open up the link. It's, you know, IT and a bunch of engineers, we poke at each other a lot, right? You got sure, you got to sure. have thick skin in IT. Not that they want to make you feel bad, but they want you to go for it. At least try, right? At least take yeah. that first step. Doesn't mean you have to be running or walking, but you took the first step. Like my one-year-old right now, he took 15 steps the other day. It was awesome. He's not running yet, but yeah. he, a couple of weeks ago, it was five steps. Now we're up to mm. 15, right? Just mm. keep moving that can down the road. Well, let's pivot real quick to uh, to jump out of the tech industry and into more broad career or personal success what is what is zach if you had to narrow down your personal secret of success zach what would you choose that one thing to pass along ask questions because inherently we all like to teach even if people say they don't they like feeling like they know what they're talking about right and um we do this a lot with what i do now is you got to ask those probing questions to get information out of people because they don't know what they need or what they want. And you have to find that. So the best way to do it is really ask those questions to gauge them. And if you're just speaking, they're not part of the conversation. So ask questions and lead them in. I mean, it's a tactic in selling, right? 
sell by asking questions, not by saying, I got this for $5.99 and the other guy's selling it for $7.99. Yeah, you're going to get that deal. But when the person comes around the corner to sell it for $4.99, they're not. By asking mm. questions, they're seeing that you're engaged with them. And you actually care about them. Exactly. So what? how do you develop that question skill? It's trial and error, man. There's no, there's no secret sauce to this. It's just, and my dad says this, and I'm still not the best about this, but listen, you have two ears and one mouth, listen twice as much as you speak. Hmm. And by asking questions, you're listening twice as much as you speak. And sometimes you're not going to ask the right question, right? Doesn't mean it's the wrong thing to ask. It's the question you wanted to ask in that moment. And, you know, go through college, high school, any teaching environment. There's no such thing as a dumb question. And there really isn't. It's a question that you want an answer to. So don't be afraid to ask that question, right? Even if you feel like it is the stupidest, dumbest question you've ever come up with, like, why is the sky blue? I don't know. It's blue. Why, why are you asking me this question? Doesn't matter. Make sure you're asking questions and you're involved and you're actually listening. Don't ask the question and then check out and start checking your Snapchat or whatever. Really engage with the person, right? Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant uh, advice. The asking the question and then actually listen for the answer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's amazing, though, how many people don't actually do that. They'll ask the question, check out. OK, well, I want to ask this question to tell them that. And then you tell them what you want to tell them and didn't listen. And they might have said that. And then they're looking at you like, yeah, that's pretty much what I just said. Yeah. Or you ask them another question, but they already answered it by answering the first question. It, uh, exactly. So those, those are the dumb questions, the questions that the person literally just answered for you. And then you ask them again. Now, yeah, yeah, there are times that I'll ask someone a question and they don't give me the answer or the the nugget I'm looking for. So I feel like maybe if I reword this and ask it a different way, I might get what I'm looking for. Dig a little deeper. Any personal secrets on asking questions? Because I, I know sometimes people, like you said, they grow up hearing there's no such thing as a dumb question. But then we when we become adults, we're afraid of looking stupid. Yeah. And see, that's what you got to get past. I mean, there's there are plenty of times I have looked like a complete idiot asking questions, like especially when I got my start in IT and they're like, you don't know this. I'm like, no, I don't. And be humble. That goes back to one of the other things. It's it's being humble. If you actually take the time and understand that we're all human, right? None of us are perfect. None of us know everything. And if anyone tells you they know everything, especially in IT, run away because they don't. Mm. They might be an expert in their piece, and that's great, but there's so many different pieces, and this isn't everything. Look at it with the medical field and surgery. You don't want a brain surgeon doing kidney surgery on you. Could he probably do it? Yeah, but he's not the expert, right? So mm -hmm. in doctors who are some of the most intelligent people you know, they consult and ask questions of other doctors when they're trying to figure out some health problem you have, right? So you just got to get past yourself and understand that sometimes you are going to ask questions that people are going to view as dumb and that's okay. Yeah. Right. You just gotta, I think the big thing is, is just understand that sometimes you might not get the answer you want. You might not think it's helpful, but keep trying and you'll eventually get there. And that's how you hone that skill. Really. There's your secret sauce. Just keep asking questions, right? Mm. That's the secret sauce with how to know to ask the right questions keep asking them. If you don't keep asking them, you're never going to build it. Yeah. And let me, let me shift here real quick. Cause I know you've been through a lot of different career changes and some of them were, were great for you. And then some of them, it felt like you were moving back. Some of them, any transition, no matter what it is, any change in life can sometimes be painful. 
Zach, how do you push through some of those worst times or some of those um, valleys in life, I guess? Well, it, it goes back to how we started all this is pickheaded determination. It's that you're going to fall, but get back up. Right. And sometimes you make really bad decisions in your life and you have to understand that you made the decision and deal with it. Um, and I know that sounds really easy because I've been in some situations where I've done some things or made some career moves that weren't the best for me and my family. Right. Hmm. Um, but you, you look at it as a, a teachable moment or a learning experience, right? Because no matter how bad it is, learn from it, right? Mm. And I think, you know, we talked about relationships, all this other stuff, but really the secret to success is learning. Always have that determination to learn more, make the best out of a bad situation, taking the time to figure out what was bad about this and what you don't want to replicate. The best managers are the managers that had really bad managers, mm. right? Because they don't want to manage you like that. Now, on the flip side is some of the worst employees are man were managers. <laughs> um, so you just got to take that uh, with a grain of salt and understand that you're not always going to make the best decision and learn from that and grow. And that's where you'll really see the bad decision really wasn't that bad. It taught you something, right? So as long as you're learning... You're, move, you're still moving forward, even though you're going, it, it may seem like you're going backwards in the financial realm or career realm or whatever, but as long as you're learning from it, you're still moving forward in life. Well, I mean, I'm a prime example of this. Right before I came here, I was a CIO and now I'm a solutions architect. A lot of people look at as a backwards move. Uh, well, I lost some of my IT when I went VCIO and CIO. I was on the cusp of it of things, but I wasn't doing tech work. I wasn't building my knowledge as much in mm. the realms that I grew up in, right? Which was the you know, brass tacks of hammer the nail, beat the nail down until it's flat. Right. And you just got to keep that step forward. Right. We're going to go back to that a few times. I'm sure it's just keep kicking the can down the road. Yeah. So it seems like you've got a lot of the asking, asking great questions, staying humble, just having that pigheaded determination. I love it. A lot of great advice you've given us here, Zach. So let's, let's, uh, some final thoughts and some final questions. I'd love to figure out what are you, what are you promoting? How can people connect with you? And, uh, and, and what can you, what, what are you looking for? Is your company hiring? Are you, are you personally hiring? Are you looking for people? What, what can our audience do to benefit you? Well, for me, there's, we all, ScanSource is always looking for people. I'm in no way a part of hiring. I'm an individual contributor right now, which is great for me with the six, 15, 16 month old at home. So I get to spend more time with him and not worrying about what my people are doing. I only got to worry about me right now, which is mm. great for me. And that's why I made that move from CIO to this is I can focus on my family. So right. I said, sometimes the decision to do things are better for you and your family, but we are hiring. We're looking for some people in networking, especially under my boss and the team. Um, and as far as reaching out to me, the I got asked this when I was interviewed of my LinkedIn profile says, hey, if you ever have an IT question, reach out to me. I am willing to help anyone mm. with anything. And if I don't know it, I'm going to tell you I don't know it because you, I don't want to waste your time. Right. Right. But um, I will help anyone with any IT questions they have as long as it's within my realm of expertise and I can help them or at least point them in the right position. I had someone uh, hit me up on LinkedIn because they got crypto walled mm. and I connected them with a uh, company down in Charleston that I knew the guys from that used to work for the, the government in cyber stuff that they can't talk about. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they, one of the things they specialize in is the communication of 
getting through the crypto wall if you do have to pay because you don't have backups and things like that. And at the time, they were really big in that. I just met them a couple of weeks ago. I connected them and pushed them down the road because they had just pinged me on LinkedIn. Hey, look, we got hit hard. What do we do? And I kind of talked them through a little bit and I said, hey, guys, look, the best person you talk to is this guy. And I connected them on LinkedIn. But as far as me, I mean, that's the biggest thing. Um, the one thing I will say, a little self self plug here is if Bring it. it is. Well, I don't know if this will be out before Christmas, but um, my wife does run a jewelry store in Greenville called Make Made Jewelry. So if you're listening and you're in Greenville and you're looking for that special gift for your wife, I promise the store can help you out and they have things for everybody. Nothing yeah. to do with success, but it does segue into success in a lot of ways. My wife and her business partner started their business November before COVID. Wow. And they made it through and they're still open today. Um, wow. They partnered with United Way and did these earrings and necklaces that were the Liberty Bridge and stuff. And the cost for it and anybody that bought one, the only thing they kept out of it was the cost of the raw materials. Everything else went to United Way during COVID to help people in need, right? Mm. Um, which was really awesome that my wife uh, did that for the Greenville community. I'm where were they? Where would they find her again? How would they find this online, or where where would they find her? So they can just Google "make made" M A K E M A D E jewelry. They're right across from the Hyatt in uh, downtown Greenville. They're below. Uh, uh, what's the name of the ramen? Mankoi ramen noodle shop. They're downstairs below it. And it's okay. all artistry made, which the big thing that I've also done recently is I like supporting local businesses and makers because my mm -hmm. wife is a maker. Everything they make, they might have some stuff that's quote unquote mass production, but it's all made in the store. And any of the stuff that they carry from other artists are artists that made it themselves. They're not mm. farming stuff out from China. It's handmade. It's all something that put a lot of love into making it because they're proud of their materials and what they're doing, right? Which is really cool. Well, hey, Zach, we appreciate you coming on. Hit him up on LinkedIn. Is that your preferred method of, yeah. uh, of communication, Zach? So Zach Hazen on LinkedIn or uh, also check out Make Made Jewelry. Do they have like a Facebook page or, or somewhere they can find the, find you guys virtually? Uh, they have an Instagram. They have a full retail shop online. If you're not local and you want to look at it, uh, they do. So Google it. Use, use that Google foo. Exactly. <laughs> I promise you, if you type mate made in Google, it will probably be one of the first things that show up, especially if you're in this area because they're doing geofencing and things like okay, that. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, hey, man, appreciate you having, on, having you on here, Zach. And you have a wonderful holiday season. Have a wonderful Christmas and a happy new year. All right, listeners, let's get out there and make our world, our country, and our community a better place. When you succeed, we all succeed. And as always, this is a friendly reminder that the left lane is for passing. So speed up or move over.